I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. The life and activism of Mary 2X Early is the subject of a new documentary from the director, Courtney Montour, who joins me now. Mary 2X Early, I am Indian again, screens as part of the Vancouver International Film Festival that begins today, Friday, the 1st of October. The festival runs until October 11th. There's screening films in person as well as online. Visit viff.org for tickets and information. Ms. Montour's film is an important look at the life of Early, an activist who came to public life at nearly 60 and who fought against sex discrimination against First Nations women due to Canada's Indian Act. It's a personal conversation that Ms. Montour depicts in this film, wanting to find out more about Early, what drove her activism and what was achieved. When Early married a non-Indian man, she lost her Indian status. Uh, a lot of First Nations women and children encountered that, and that's what Early sought to change. The discrimination didn't just come from the government, but from First Nations men as well. The film's highlights are uh, audio tapes of Early speaking, recounting her story. I'll ask Courtney about these tapes, as well as why Early is a significant figure in our history, one who was uh, depicted in a Google Doodle earlier this year. Courtney Montour is a Mohawk filmmaker from Kanawake, whose work explores issues of indigenous identity. She is a prolific documentary filmmaker and director and writer whose work appears regularly on television, APTN for one. Visit nfb.ca for more information on the film, which is a National Film Board of Canada production. It plays at VIF as part of uh, the uh, VIF Short Form Program 1, where uh, a number of shorts uh, screen. That's available for streaming as part of VIF Connect between now and October 11th, and there'll be uh, two screenings in person at the Annex, where Courtney will appear Monday, the 3rd of October at 9 p.m., and Tuesday, the 4th of October October at 4 p.m. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Courtney Montour. Ms. Montour, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for having me. I um, was just telling you how much I enjoyed um, the film, um, one of the first shots is, is you listening to the tape. She's got a, a wonderfully comforting voice. Wh- wh- where are the tapes from? Um, the the main tape that you hear in the film uh, comes from filmmaker Alanisa Baldwin. Mm. Uh, she's an Abenaki filmmaker who has spent her life making films um, about Indigenous issues. And so they originate from, from Alanis. She sat down with Mary Twax early back in 1984 um, at Mary's home in Gunawage, and had sat around the kitchen table, and um, you know, just just over several months, um, sitting with her and recording. And she's kept on to these recordings for all this time, and it's just so incredible to have, like you're saying, the warmth from Mary's voice. You know, you can really hear that that care and compassion, yeah. and for her to be, you know, sharing her story for the very first time in this first film on her, um, that she's able to kind of invite us in, I think is really special. She's, a, she's such a likable person as well, and, and I understand that um, um, you never met her, but you, you grew up close to her, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, almost two streets away. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and and the, the um, a, a lot of your film takes place um, in at a kitchen table. That That's her house, isn't it? It is, it is. Yeah, for me, I thought that was you know, very important, and, uh, you know, we're both from the same community, Gunawage, mm-hmm. both Mohawk, 
and uh, having these recordings and, and knowing there were films, you know, in her home at the kitchen table, um, it just felt important to bring the present day back to her house and to invite others to listen to the recordings. So that's her son, uh, Ed, uh-huh. and uh, Jody Callahan Stonehouse, and her daughter Isabella, both from Edmonton, and they're two women who have been posit- positively impacted by the work of of Mary and these other women. Mm-hmm. And to sit there for the first time you know, around the kitchen table listening to the recordings was really special. Um, also, because we're we're in her home where so much of this grassroots work started and where Mary was raised by her grandparents. So there's that strong connection to community and so much what Mary fought for was for First Nations women and their children to have those connections with their community. The the, the activism uh, that's central to uh, Mary Tuax's early life um, was uh, getting back the Indian status of, of, of women who had married outside, I guess, of... of um, uh, who'd married someone white, and and so they'd lost their status. How how did she come to that activism? Was that was that early in in her her married life, or was that much later? Uh, much later. I mean, Mary started in her her late fifties. So again, it's just something telling us that uh, you you know you can pick up a cause and and go forward to challenge and injustice at at any point. Yeah. And you don't need this uh, you know long political background to be able to do it. Um, for her, and again, the issue is that uh, the federal government, you know, the Canadian government determines uh, who has Indian status in this country, and that all falls under the Indian Act. Mm-hmm. And we still, the, legally, the term is still Indian, mm-hmm. um, although this applies to First Nations people. And and the the old laws that she was fighting against was if a First Nations woman married somebody non-Indian, they lost their status, and so did their children. But if somebody, if a, you know, a First Nations Indian man married someone Mm -hmm. non-Indian, his wife would gain status, and so would their children. And so it it really created uh, division and, and separation from community, and so the descendants of First Nations women did not have the same rights. And for Mary, she saw an incredible injustice in that, um, particularly how it was impacting her close friends, and that's why she got involved. Yeah, yeah it, it really, it, it, it's beyond, say, um, a Native issue or, or a First Nations issue. It, it's, a, it's a woman's rights issue um, yeah. because she, she does take it to the, the Royal Commission on... Uh, uh, I guess that would have been in the late '60s. Um, she, she talks in the film about um, uh, the discrimination from Native men who who didn't like her going out and speaking out. Which, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I found but, frustrating to watch. You know. Yeah, I mean, marrying these women, uh, you know, experience pushback at all levels. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, community level from from the federal government as well, and and that was the, I guess, key moment in 1968 at the Royal Commission on the Status of Women. And we have that scene in the film. Mm-hmm. And the first time that, that Mary speaks out with some of these women, uh, and it's, it's so incredible to hear, you know, that, that power and that strength 
to go forward uh, with this issue when you don't know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what she says, that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen when we go home. We don't know if we'll have a place to live. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the allies and the non, non-Indigenous non women in the room, there's like an uncomfortable laughter because they they don't know what to do with that at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to understand that something like that was happening to, to women in the country at that time. Yeah, we see her her um, the the arc of her activism. Um, you mentioned early on. We hear her um, at that at that first meeting, um, nervous. Um, she's still nervous when she's she's talking at that um, that first ministers meeting mm-hmm. later on, next sitting next to Rene Levesque, which was was fascinating to watch. Um, uh, her voice has has changed over these years. And she's a, she's a much stronger voice. Incidentally, that that um, f- f- um, that meeting with with the with Trudeau, uh, Pierre Trudeau, that is, and and then the the other premiers and, and and folks from the First Nations community, a clip of that, especially the the clip of Trudeau, I guess that went viral, didn't it? Early earlier this year. Uh, well, I'm not sure if it did. We used a portion of it in the trailer, but not yeah. the full clip. And I, I saw that the clip which you use in the film, which you which which is Trudeau speaking, and I'll get you to to tell us what he says. And then you you do something that's that's just um, remarkable as, uh, to watch as, as a, a film viewer. You, you rewind the clip because you, you, you're staggered um, at what you're hearing him say. Right, and I think uh, you know the choice to include that is that this is also emblematic um, of the overall government thinking over the years. Mm-hmm, Even mm-hmm. as the parties have changed, yeah. this you know, this kind of talk is still very, very present throughout throughout the different uh, prime ministers that we've had. Sure, yeah. Um, but I think it's a comment that needs to be heard and felt <laughs> uh, fully yeah. to fully appreciate it. But I mean, but it's basically saying you know everyone's covered under under the law, like. There's no issue here, um, and and really gaslighting the women, um, that, and that's what's happening. Yeah, and yeah. so a government that's saying no, 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 this isn't happening, but it's the federal government that has these laws in place, and it's women who are saying no, we want the same rights as our First Nations men, yeah. and it really is a way to you know eliminate and assimilate and for the government to reduce their financial obligations, uh, you know, to make it easier to acquire lands and resources. You know, if we reduce the number of status Indians in this country, that's something that, you know, is beneficial for the federal government is what I, you know, I feel they believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I saw the clip on Twitter. I guess people had been sharing it okay. in the spring. Uh, of Trudeau saying what he was saying, and 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 um, I, I then uh, uh, until I watched the film a, a few days ago, wondered where that was from, and so I was glad to see the context where that came from as I was watching your, your movie. Um, the the uh, the title of the film I, f- I f- found it so powerful, um, especially after watching it and and you explaining it at the end of the movie, uh, near the end of the movie, where that's from. Hmm. And again, I think those are, are special moments for, for people to, to fully, uh, you know, receive and take in yeah. in the film. But it's it's also, you know, it's almost something that, that it's hard to describe. Say, I am Indian again. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. You you always were, and you always should be. And that's something that's discussed around the kitchen table. Something that's brought forward by 
by Mary's son, Ed, uh, as he's having a very close conversation with uh, Isabella, who's 17 and who's at the time, and really trying to process this understanding, this new history Mm -hmm. that has impacted her life, but she didn't know, and and not knowing Mary, and trying to now understand, you know, what does it mean to to have this status? You know, am I going to apply? Um, But yet, I'm proud of who I am, but still, you know, the federal government controls status, and what comes with that is... Again, important resources and access for First Nations people. It, it, it gives you, you know, the right to live in your community, to be a part of your social and political structure there, to, to be able to vote or, or mm-hmm. run in an election, um, you know, fishing rights, hunting rights, uh, access to language programming and, and schooling in communities, it's so oftentimes all tied to status. So you can see why this is so important for the thousands of women who are still fighting in the court system to be yeah. recognized as status Indians. Yeah, the, I guess Isabel's mother says um, that um, it, it's still an issue today. Um, the bureaucracy is dragging its feet, if you were, if you will. Um, people still can't get it back. But but Isabella says something so powerful in the movie that um, the, the card um, is who she is, but it isn't who she is at the same time. And I thought she she was she was particularly poignant saying that. And then you do say, uh, as you just said, that that Ed um, Mary's uh, daughter uh, son corrects her and says, no, that, that's your heritage. And, and um, did she come, did Isabel come to any conclusions as to, to um, whether she, she'd um, get the card herself? No, I don't know if she actually has. I'm not sure if that's something she's still deciding. Mm. It, I think it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a question that, that I think a lot of people um, are also struggling with. Yeah. But we always think back that it's, it's the federal government whose responsibility Indian status is under right now. And, you know, all the incredible work that Mary Tuess Early has done alongside all these other women with Indian rights for Indian women and the movement that continues today is all about removing the sexism and racism from Indian status Mm. so that these First Nations women can come back to their communities and be a part of their community life. I just thought it was such a powerful movement uh, moment in the film, where here here is this this young woman at seventeen, sitting at Mary Tuax to, uh, to Early's kitchen table, and and being able to work through uh, what she wants to do. Um, you know, it just makes Early's work all the more important. And 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 um, I, I just I, 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 thinking about it now, I still get chills. Thinking about it, you know. Yeah, because it's a big part of life. Yeah. Sometimes people don't know where they're from. Uh, and I think that's something that can be experienced by, you know, people of other cultures as well. Um, and and that, that connection is important. So we're dealing with a very challenging issue when, uh, you know, part of your identity in terms of status is, is all determined and run by an outside government, the federal mm. government. Yeah. Did 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 early um, use the term genocide in, throughout her activism? Uh, I don't recall if I heard that in in the tapes 
um, you know, over the, the several, several hours of tape. And, you know, I feel like it, it's a word that we use much more today. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, again, that's all grown from the movement of work as people understand what that means. And I think as Canada as a whole, Canadians are starting to realize uh, the implications that are happening every day. Um, you know, I think before it could have been like, this is something of the past, yeah, but yeah. it's not. And, and so that's why we can say these, these are genocidal acts. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 um, yeah, it puts everything in perspective, especially the passage of time about mm-hmm. how these issues uh, somewhat evolve, and then they obviously don't in, in many cases. Um, what I think a lot of people will be just enjoy in your film is uh, uh, hearing uh, about uh, Mary Twex early skill at organizing. Um, you you follow her example, and, and there's really nothing that one can't do. Exactly, I think that's what we can really learn from her, and because she was so compassionate and, and personable, um, and that care really came through, and. You know, she was always very wise in her actions. Um, but also, you have to think about all of these women, you know, who had to work 20-plus years. And that was the first change. Yeah. Mary still continued to work and go into other court cases, you know, a few years until she passed away. Mm. So it really was lifelong work to get us, you know, where we are today. And it's so important to honor Mary's work and the work of all these women, because many times, um, again, these stories don't make it into the, the larger Canadian history. Yeah. Uh, it was so difficult to find archives, you know, mm-hmm. for the film to source them out. And again, that tells us that, um, you know, these stories aren't being kept, you know, and are not being taught in in the history programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the country, and it's so important to know where marrying these women came from, all of the work that was put in, yet there's still, you know, there's still work to be done on sex equality. We still have thousands of women who are, are fighting for their rights to be recognized. So we need to know where we've come from and where we still need to go, and that this is still happening. You've done a marvelous service for, for um, Canadians, I think, in, in terms of making this film and, and including um, Ed, uh, Mary's son, as well as Nellie Carlson. Is, is they get uh, write the name yes. down? I can't read my writing yes. now. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, it, yeah. it, just just um, incredible uh, to see them on the screen and, and tell stories as they do. Yeah, such incredible knowledge keepers. Yeah, you know Ed for learning alongside his his mom for so many years and really working alongside with her, and then for for Nellie Carlson. Um, you know, a key advocate on, on these issues of sex discrimination. Um, and she was based out of Edmonton and mm. one, one of the, the lasting co-founders of Indian Rights for Indian Women. Um, so to be able to have, to see her and hear her voice in the film as well, because uh, she, she passed away last September and Ed passed away this year, mm-hmm. in January. And so it, it's also that reminder of, you know, needing to spend the time with our knowledge keepers and and recording these histories, because when, once they're gone, um, it's just proof that it might be that much more difficult to find archives because yeah. our, our institutions aren't doing that. We, we need to make the work to make sure that this is accessible. 
You mentioned that, that uh, since the films went completed, they, they both have died. Do you have any particular memories of, of the time that you spent with them shooting? Oh, so, so much. I mean, for this film, um, spending the time with with Mary's family and Nellie's family, they, they are extended family to me now. Oh. And um, I've gone and spent time with, with Nellie's family um, since filming has completed. Um, but, but the time that I did spend with Nellie, um, you know, was over over time. Like I spent time speaking with them before I was going to go and film with her in Edmonton. I spent time just sitting with her at home. And I think that's, that's so important um, to, to the film process is that we're not there to take yeah. you know, people's words and, uh-huh. and walk away. Um, it, it's all about that commitment of, what will this film be doing for them in the future and honoring their work and their legacy as well. And so the same thing with, with Ed, I spent time with them outside of filming and that to me um, just created, you know, bonds that, that will always be there. Another great thing in the movie that, that uh, because the film begins with, with us listening to Mary Two X Early's uh, voice to these tapes, listening to her, her speeches, listening to her public statements, um, uh, she's obviously been dead for, for a number of years. So, uh, um, so we only have her voice. What, what you do in the film that, that I found, um, just incredibly powerful and, 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 um, uh, just delightful as, at the same time is, is that you have a conversation almost with her where you're talking to her near the mm-hmm. end of the film. Um, what do you think she'd say or, or she'd answer to some of your questions, say? Well, I think, you know, I, it, it, basically, the choice to speak to her also came a little bit later on. Uh, first and foremost, is always to craft everything around her audio so uh-huh. that she she could be bringing us in. And then, you know, I felt like there I needed I needed a little help every now and then in terms of certain points. But the idea of just having factual narration just didn't seem to complement, you know, Mary speaking mm-hmm. and. And in the end, with, with my editor, Annie Jean, came up with the idea of just speak to her. So I spent, I just spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about what I wanted to say to her. And, and they weren't really questions. It's more me guiding, through, guiding her through some of the, you know, the research I found. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that, that she feels like a grandmother to me. And in the end, in the end, it's almost updating her where the situation is now today. I mean, I think, I think she wouldn't be surprised because she worked mm. so long herself. It wouldn't surprise her. But I know if she was still here, she would still be working on it. She would still be doing something. She would be, you know, so honored and inspired that so many women came after her. And, and women like Sharon McIver are, are still working on this and dedicating their lives. So I think that, you know, her takeaway would probably be that, that I'm not surprised that this is where we're still at and that we're still needing to remind the government that they have an obligation to fix this. One of the, one of the, the more beautiful shots in the film is you standing at the windowsill, um, mm-hmm. which is a callback to a, a, a photo of her. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was I, when I saw that in, in the in, in, near the end of the movie. I just had a big grin on my face, and I just thought that that's just a wonderful moment for a director to do that. 
<laughs> Thank you. I mean, again, for me, that's, that's something that came up earlier that I wanted to bring in repetitions in the film mm-hmm. of the places where Mary walked and, and had been, and often that was that was in Gunawage, and and so we had some shots of her walking in front of her home or yeah. down the street in front of another home. Um, but this one, there was this photo that people see quite often online of her, one yeah. of the three or four photos of uh-huh. her leaning out her window, and I think that was taken uh, in the early 90s. And and then I kind of recreated created the same thing um, by standing there and, and filming, and, and it's just also this moment of reflection on everything that we've been through. Yeah. And, and knowing that, you know, that I'm... I. I have the ability to stand in her home. Uh, this place to me is almost historical. Yeah. And the change that, the grassroots change that, that started there, um, just to remember her, again, that remembering and of the work and the continuation that goes on. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful film. Um, are you working on another film now? Uh, right now I'm working on... Um, some different series. Uh, actually, there's a, a doc series, Skin Indigenous, mm-hmm. uh, about Indigenous tattooing practices around the world. And season three just uh, premiered this month, and that plays uh, Wednesday nights on APCN. Uh, the time's a bit different depending where you are in Canada. Um, so that's airing now. And then uh, currently working on um, a dance series that follows Indigenous dancers in Canada. So each episode, uh, you get to see them a bit in their home life and what inspires them. And then we get to bring them to a stage um, where we are uh, fully immersed in one of their their three performances that they'll, they'll be putting on for us. That's a little... Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look out for that because you're, you're you're not to patronize you're just terrific at, at um, the work, especially this film at the, at the work that you do. Um, I so appreciate your time today. Congratulations, Courtney, on the movie and, and continued good luck with it. Thank you so much. Visit viff.org for tickets and information. Uh, uh, the VIF uh, short form program one, which uh, will include Mary Two X Early. I am an Indian again. Uh, will uh, be available for streaming between now, the 1st of October through to October 11th. And then, of course, two screenings in person at the Annex, Monday the 3rd of October at 9 p.m. and Tuesday the 4th of October at 4 p.m. Courtney Montour joined me on the line from Montreal, Quebec in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plunta.